With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. There is no earthly way of knowing. <laughs> Good man, a lot of time. Which direction we are going? We have reached a tipping point. Mr. Planet's normally bombastic introduction this evening. He is AWOL from the show at this point. Maybe he'll join us later. Maybe he won't. But I am joined by the most esteemed wrestling manager in Georgia over the last decade, more than a decade, Mr. Jeff G. Bailey. Thank you, Joy, for joining us, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here, Larry. It's, it's, I'm glad I can fill in for Stephen Platinum as he does more important things like go see Bridget Jones' baby. <laughs> uh, so right off the top, we want to say that our guests this evening are uh, the PCW champion Jeter and his opponent at Sacred Ground 7 in the main event, uh, Mr. Uh, Bailey's Charge, uh, Gunnar Miller. Also, the of course the the uh, no, I was going to say anarchy. I can't get it out of my system. The why we wrestle champion will be triple uh, crown champion. Excuse me, right? Triple crown champion, and they will both and be winner of this year's Phoenix City Invitational. Of course, let's not forget of that. Of course, of course. So, uh, Mr. Bailey, what's on your mind this evening? Um, well, we're on here tonight, I guess, to help promote Sacred Ground 7, PCW's only big show of the year. So it's always a big deal. And with a main event of Jeter versus the People's Captain, you know, everything else is going to pale, but it's a loaded show. And uh, we hope everybody's going to come out and see the show. It's going to be uh, outdoors in the Porterdale Gym, which doesn't have a roof. So we'll be under the stars for Sacred Ground 7. And uh, a lot of big things are planned. And I assume you will be there to join us, Larry, or at least I certainly will. I will be definitely there. I have not missed the Sacred Ground, and I don't intend for this to be the first that I do miss. So, yeah, I'm going to be there. And, of course, uh, the uh, Porterdale Gym, the now open-air Porterdale Gym, was the site of many a Georgia Gym. Georgia Championship Wrestling event way back in the day when it was actually a gymnasium. So um, kind of nice that uh, to return to the historic site for this show. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be really exciting. I had hoped we were going to do the war games this summer there, but that did not work out that way. So it's, it's very exciting to be able to do it for sacred ground and, a, like you said, a, a regular stop for Georgia Championship Wrestling. So hallowed halls that many greats have competed in, including, you know, Wildfire Tommy Rich with the release of The Last Battle of Atlanta. I'm sure he's been on a lot of people's minds lately, and uh, it's been a very exciting time for for Atlanta wrestling to get recognized and and create a buzz, you know, all throughout the wrestling world. So that's been very exciting. Have you watched said match? I still have not. I know we talked about it uh, last Saturday uh, out there in Monroe, and um, you certainly had very good things to say about it. You want to say a few words about it here, about your impressions of, of seeing it? Well, you were there live, were you not, Larry? I was. 
I was. Well, and, share you know, your memories from 33 years ago, and then we'll talk about my recent memories of it. So. Well, see, that's the thing. I, you know, I mentioned to you Saturday night, I don't have strong memories, as crazy as it seems, of this particular match. It was not, you know, I know it was a huge feud and everything, but, but to me, Rich wasn't my one of my favorite opponents for Buzz Sawyer. I remember much more his feuds with Roddy Piper or his matches with Roddy Piper. It wasn't a lengthy feud and some of his other confrontations more than I do Tommy Rich. And I can't tell you why, but that but that's the way it is. So yeah, I remember it being, you know, gruesomely bloody and uh, you know, a, a, a definitely a, a super hot crowd in a in a big crowd, but I don't have a lot of specific memories of that match for some reason. That's interesting. Yeah, I was, of course, you know, I remember watching Georgia Championship Wrestling as the match built up. And I I remember the feud well with Tommy Rich and Buzz Sawyer because it was long and and it was wild. And it was one of those things where they seemed to show a lot of clips from a lot of different arenas at the time, which, you know, you just didn't get that that often to kind of show you them fighting outside or on a stage and that kind of stuff to make a a really big deal out of it. But uh, I had you know, really thought, well, that's a match that I'll never see. And, you know, I had the magazine and I've looked at the magazine online since then. I looked at, you know, all the great pictures and stuff and and it's such a bloodbath. So, so my expectations were really high, but uh, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, it's, it's as good as any of the other legendary cage matches of the eighties, if not better. And it's, it's really bloody and it's really, real you really feel the visceral hatred between the guys and they beat the hell out of each other so anybody who hasn't watched it i i would definitely suggest you go watch it because it's a it's a great bloody wrestling cage match and honestly it pretty much encompassed everything that made me fall in love with pro wrestling in one match so i really can't say enough good things about it well, and not to take anything at all away, away from Tommy Rich, but, um, you know, Buzz Sawyer during that time period, and if, and, if, and if this match helps generate more interest in Buzz Sawyer, that's that's a, a, a really good thing in my view because, I mean, if that guy wasn't legit nuts, he did, he was the close – he was great at acting legit completely off the wall uh, during that time period. And, I mean, I remember going to the shows because we – my friend and I used to go to the Omni every show during that era, and that's what we looked forward to was whatever Buzz Sawyer was doing. That was going to be the highlight of the show almost every time. Um, he was just on on fire then as a, as a as a heel. So I mean, um, yeah, yeah, that, for that to be the, the blow off of of that feud, uh, tremendous. Well, I wasn't going to wrestling in Georgia during that time because I was still a teenager, but uh, obviously I was watching Georgia Championship Wrestling, and you tell me, because to me at that time, Tommy Rich was like what later I saw in person as the Rock and Roll Express in 85, 86 as a babyface god that people, you know, just lost their minds over. Are you telling me you didn't feel like that was the case when you were going to those Omni shows? I felt by the time he got to this feud with Sawyer, yeah, he still was, but not at the level he was in 79, 80, those, uh, right. a, a few years earlier. Um, so a okay. little bit of the edge had, come, had been taken off by that point because when he was, you know, at a couple years younger and before he had the um, knee injury, um, Oh yeah, I mean unbelievable. No, yeah, super. super I mean, you, you could not touch him as a baby. Yeah, that's always been my impression. You know, growing up on the Georgia Championship Wrestling Television, that you know Tommy was as over as anybody I'd ever seen. And of course, we didn't get him in Columbia, but I was reading about it in the magazines and watching the TV and stuff, and uh. I, I was always curious, you know, how how true that was. Because, I mean, people who you tell about the Rock and Roll Express, I don't think they really believe how over they were. I mean, people would shove cops out of the way just to get a finger on them going to the ring. I mean, it was crazy. It, the, the first time I saw Rich, and I, you know, I didn't know who Tommy Rich was, of course, when I moved down from Chicago, was in the city auditorium, and they put him in with, Abdul the Butcher, and the, 
blood was was he, he got color with Rich and people were going nuts, just nuts, both because of because of Butcher's um, rep at the time and because they absolutely loved this teenage kid and he was just being destroyed, just decimated by uh, Abdullah the Butcher. So that yeah, that's that was quite an introduction to both of those guys because I hadn't seen Abdullah the Butcher before either. So oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, that's, that's, that's a pretty we, we, we didn't have anything like Abdullah in Chicago. I mean, we just didn't. Yeah, I did get Abdullah as a youth, so I was I was fortunate on that end. But uh, yeah, I can imagine so, the pandemonium. It, right before we we came on, you were mentioning that raw. Uh, just to jump over to something else here before our guests get to us, that that the raw rating was really a stinker this week. Yeah, I believe it was around a 2.6, which is uh, you know, like one of the worst numbers, I think, uh, since like 96 or something. So uh, really dismal. And it's, it's interesting. The, the NFL numbers were actually down quite a bit from last year, and they still, you know, took that giant chunk. Or people just aren't watching because they don't want to watch. I mean, it's easy to blame the NFL, but – also easy to blame three hours of bad television yeah and the with for me the emphasis on three hours i just don't i mean it just drags everything out unbelievably to have to try to try to do a three-hour show every week i just don't i mean i get it that you know as long as they're getting paid to do it and they're you know they're going to do it but creatively yeah they did a a 2.8 and a 2.72, and then a 2.52 for the last hour. So, whoa, pretty tragic. Whoa. Yeah, and that was coming off of a, to me, less than thrilling pay-per-view the night before. Um, but um, maybe we can return to that point and talk a little Georgia stuff, uh, possibly towards the end of the hour, because I believe we have one of our guests with us. Right now, I believe this is the Triple Crown champion himself, Mr. Gunner Miller. Let's see. What's is going that on? You, How's everybody doing? I'm great. How about y'all? Great All to right. have you, Cap. What's going on, Jeff? <laughs> well, we're just uh, talking a little wrestling, and we're going to be talking a little sacred ground. I uh, I'd wanted to get this out there in front of the people, and I, I'd rather them hear it from you than me. And, and um. Where, you know, Sacred Ground's a big event, and the cat came to me and he said, you know, this is a big one. Should I put on the paint? And I said, you know what? The people don't know about the paint yet, but they need to know. So, Cap, why don't you tell them about the paint? All right. So, to sum a long story up kind of quick, um, my sophomore year, uh, I always wore like the Warrior, Ultimate Warrior face paint. My sophomore year, um, there was a tweet that went out that, that he got a hold of that was a, a newspaper article from Chattanooga Times Free Press, and it was talking about how I, I wore this face paint before the games. One of the quotes in the articles was me saying that I resembled Ultimate Warrior because I liked the way he used to run to the ring, shake the ropes, the craziness, the just the attitude he had. So that was where that came from, kind of like your own warrior beast. And... Um, they ran with it. He got a hold of it. He got in contact with me. You know, we talked for two years after that, solid. Um, he'd call once a week, check on me, um, send motivational videos to the guys, and try to pump us up. And he, and he kept up with the mock football, and he was a fan, and and he, you know, he did all that stuff. And that's kind of where the face paint came from. The permission was actually granted through him, and he'd always send some crazy video about like you got to unlock that inner Ultimate Warrior Beast on game day. Paint goes on thick. So that was always our hashtag back and forth from each other was paint goes on thick, and that's where it came from. So on Saturdays when it's a big game, you got to unleash that Warrior Beast within you. So Warrior Beast reactivated this Saturday. That's outstanding. Mm. Mm. What I what think are your that thoughts, Jeter's uh, probably a little scared just hearing that. <laughs> uh, Gunner, what are your thoughts specifically on facing Jeter? Uh, not, I'm excited, um, most of all, to to be able to get a chance to, to get in the ring with somebody who's as 
massive and powerful and actually quick and agile as, as he might be. Um, it's really going to be a test um, to see if I can get in there and, and go with him and, and, you know, and eventually beat him, which I will. But, um, you know, it's definitely a test, and it's the biggest test both physically and probably, you know, mentally in the career so far. So I'm looking forward to it. I expect you'll be facing a super motivated guy. I mean, of course, he is the defending champion. He's also coming off a loss uh, in Monroe last Saturday night. So this is this is going to be uh, uh, definitely a very highly motivated person you're going to be in there with. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. And, uh, you know, like you said, you, you know, he didn't lose last week, and, you know, I didn't. So I carry the, the advantage of the winning streak going in, and, and that momentum, I'm Play that to my favor. I um, think we do have your opponent, the PCW champion, Jeter, is about to join us. That'll be great. Well, let's see if this is him. Yeah, is this the PCW it. champion, Jeter? Damn sure it is. Welcome to the tip. Hey, Jeter. How y'all doing, gentlemen? Good. Fantastic. Well. Glad you We're could join a- us. <clears throat> Glad to be on here. Mr. Jeter, we're just talking about the fact that uh, you're probably uh, going to probably be facing a super motivated guy. Not only are you the defending champion, but you're coming off a, a rare loss last uh, Saturday night in Monroe. Would you like care to address that? Uh, super motivated. I'm always motivated. Uh, but uh, I'm motivated because this is what where, where we in PCW like to call that uh, – Road to sacred ground, and I, for I, I envision myself to be a Mr. Sacred Ground, if you will. Um, so I'm motivated in that standpoint, but to uh, come off the loss that I did have to Logan Creed last Saturday, uh, you're gonna get a well-oiled machine, and I hope you're ready. I don't get ready. I stay ready. So we're ready. Absolutely. You know, there's there's no secret that, that sacred ground is a big deal, and it's a big deal to Jeter, especially as the reigning PCW heavyweight champion. And it's it's a big match, and, uh, you know, there's there's been a little back and forth. But uh, the reality is there's a lot of respect between both men. But uh, the captain's been preparing by facing some of the biggest men in the state and big men outside of the state. And along the way, Jeter, He's defeated Odin's son, and he's defeated Tank, and he's defeated Logan Creed, and he's defeated Shane Daniels, and uh, he's well prepared for you. And if you think you're going to come into this match and your size is going to be the dominant factor and that's all it's going to take, you are truly going to be in for a big surprise come Saturday. Well, uh, one thing that – you should know more than anybody. It's not the size of Jeter that makes him dangerous. It's every other factor that everybody looks past when they see you. The fact that he is quick. The fact that I am agile. The fact that I am one of the best wrestling big men that this state and industry has ever seen. It's all those factors that are dangerous about me, not just the size. And you're right. He has faced every big man in the state, outside the state, he's going on to beat them to get himself ready. But the thing with that is, I've got six years of people telling me I can't do it, telling me I'm not it, based on my size alone. I got match upon match, along with Logan Creed, Tank, the no pain train, Iceberg, Shane Daniels, a lot of the same men that he has faced, I have faced. And you best believe I'm not looking past him, but if he's going to show up to fight, he better show up to fight. Because if not, it will be a beating that he will never forget. 
Well, Jeter, given that this is uh, Gunnar Miller's first sacred ground, and in, in you've been uh, <laughs> at quite a few, you want to fill in and fill in a little bit about your history with sacred ground specifically. Um, sacred ground. Jeter is sacred ground. The best way to describe Jeter's role as sacred ground is. Um, moments from winning the very first Platinum World to uh, going on to be some part of some of the finest tag team matches Georgia has ever seen to winning the PCW title from those from those same two tag team opponents until this year. Um, second round, I told you lose the, the championship. Say again. To when you lose the championship, all the way to where you lose the championship, is that going to be <laughs> the next part? When you're telling the story next year. That's here's the thing. Here's the thing with that, right? You've got to walk a mile in my shoes to be to even be able to say that. This is your first take of ground. This year is another day in the office for Jeter. So until you pin me, one, two, three. I hold off on the courage chewing right now. Now, as far as uh, to extend the role of GM on second ground this year, I plan to walk in, PCW champion, and I plan to be the first man to walk out, PCW champion. Good luck. That's an awful lot to take on, Jeter, and, uh, you know, it may be the captain's first sacred ground, but it's not mine. And, and just a reminder, I've led a man to the PCW title at sacred ground, so there's not going to be any surprises. We're ready for you. We're ready for sacred ground. There's no event that's too big for Gunnar Miller, so he's going to be in his moment. And I'm honestly sorry that it has to be you that has to be sacrificed on the altar of his greatness. But the reality is destiny is the people's captain will be PCW champion along with being why we wrestle triple crown champion along with being the scenic city invitational champion. And then we'll see what comes after that. But that's always been the plan phases one, two, and three, one and two are complete. Three takes place Saturday. Mm. Yeah. We have I'll give it to you guys who have a quote unquote accomplished the phases of your planning. And I, I commend that. You can't look past what Gunnar Miller has done in twenty sixteen with being the Wally Russell champion, Cynic City Invitational. He's had a stellar year. But it's a whole different ball game. When you stand in front of a Mack truck and it's moving, and the one thing about destiny is, you can look up in the stars and gaze at it, or you can write it. And the one thing about Jeter, when it comes to wrestling, whether it's here in Georgia, whether it's out of the state, and definitely in PCW, I have always written my own destiny anywhere I want to go. So this will be another chapter in the destiny. Another chapter in the book and the legacy that is Jeter. And I'm sorry, Jeff. I know he has you in his corner, but it's a different thing when you got to stand in that ring with me. You're on the outside. He's on the end. There's not a. You can give him all the knowledge and advice you want, but it's a different story when you're in there with the man doing the fighting. Well. I guess we're going to find out Saturday. It's very exciting. And uh, really, there's not much more to say about that match. It's going to happen Saturday. It's going to be Jeter, the PCW champion, against Gunnar Miller, the while we wrestle triple crown champion. And it's an event. You've been to sacred ground before. What are your thoughts on this battle between Jeter and Gunnar Miller. You've seen both men pretty extensively by this point. Well, it's certainly a match I'm looking forward to, a confrontation I'm looking forward to. Um, 
you know, I, I have to say, I think uh, Mr. Gunner Miller's got his work cut out for him with uh, with, with Jeter. Uh, you know, with, with that with that size and the ability to move that he has at that size, um, uh, Gunner Miller's going to have his hands full. Um, on the other hand, it would be a, a huge mistake to ever underestimate Gunnar Miller based on what I've seen, because he's risen to the challenge time and time again. So um, it's going to be very interesting, to say the least, and I, I expect a great match. I don't think you'll be disappointed. No. No. Um while we have Jeter on here, I had a question for you, Jeter, not related to this match, if you don't mind. Um, yes, we, we know that, uh, I mean, it's no uh, big secret that Gunnar Miller is on the WWE's radar uh, as a prospect. I'm curious if you have, uh, what your contact has been, if any, with, 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 the, uh, with the big company. Uh, if you can divulge. Um, honestly, there hasn't been much contact. You know, you do, you, uh, the best I can do is keep getting better in the ring, um, slimming down, trying to get the quote unquote look and just worked hard to get noticed. Um, that's the best I can do at this, at this point is work on, work on me. And the other part, the other half of this puzzle will fall in place wherever it needs to fall in place. Have you um, d- dropped some weight recently? Look that way on Saturday night. Yes, 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 yes. I'm um, making a point because, uh, <clears throat> as I said the last time we had a conversation, I had uh, somebody who I was in this business, business come to me and tell me, you've got the goods in the ring. If you can drop some of the weight, it'll put you on someone's radar. So that's what I'm trying to do is uh, do everything I can on my end to be put on someone's radar. Yes, Mr. Miller, your thoughts. Well, I mean, it's, it's the same. Um, pretty much, you're sitting there, and you, you just got to make sure that you're making yourself better, you know, each time. Um, I'll look at each match as a challenge, like a, not necessarily a practice, but challenges to get better. And um, as a performer in, in all those aspects, Jeter is really, really, really good. Um you know, I, I love the way he looks. I think that his physical proudness, you know, is great. And uh, his stature and his size, he's intimidating. I mean, look at him. And he can move. Like we, I keep saying, he can move. He's agile. So, I mean, that's all it is, is just taking care of yourself and trying to get better and, and just getting on radars. Um, just returning to the match Saturday for just a second, you know, it obviously um, – Jeter has the experience and edge edge in this match going into this match. Does that concern you at all? It, it doesn't. Um, I know that he has the edge in professional wrestling with experience because the, you know he's been, he's been doing a lot longer than I have, um, and he's been at Sacred Ground time in and time out. At the same time, I've been playing on Sacred Ground too for also about five years and then another four years in high school. I mean, that was my sacred ground at the same time he was doing his sacred ground. So I'm ready. I feel like I have just as much experience in the big game scenarios and the Saturday is a big game, so I'm ready. Hmm. Yep. Your response, Jeter? <clears throat> We're, we're gonna we're gonna say I'm gonna say it this way. Uh, big game, big game matches, big game anything, serious time anything, experience is experience. Uh, 
And with the background that Gunner comes from, most definitely he has the experience in big, high-pressure situations. You can't take that from him. He's proven that on the gridiron, off the gridiron, in the ring. As, as, as Jeff pointed out earlier, he has faced and beat some of the best that Georgia has to offer and outside of the state of Georgia. Uh, you know, in the same city alone, you know, Judas, uh, excuse me, you had Judas, you had, the lit, you had Billy Buck, you had um, Chris Hero, you had, I believe, uh, one of the Lynch brothers, you had Jimmy Rave, you had, you've had quite a few and he's gained experience. And then when you add the fact that he does have Jeff on his side, in his corner, giving him advice. So experience, uh, as far as in-ring experience, I do believe I have the edge. But you can't count on all the tools that he has and has taken advantage of to get to this point. Mr. Bailey, anything you'd like to add? Um, as far as the match goes, there's there's not much more to say. I mean, we have two accomplished athletes who are going to battle for the big prize and the main event of the big show, the biggest show of the year in Porterdale. And I believe that the people's captain, Gunnar Miller, will come out, but I certainly take nothing away from Jeter. I've fought on the side of Jeter, and I've fought against Jeter. I've preferred fighting with him. He's a he's a big giant man. He's a talent. I think he's one of one of the best in the state. And honestly, it's pretty much why he's been saved for last. I mean, we went through every other big man from Michael Judas to Odin Son. I've listed them all. You know who they are. Jeter's the one that he hasn't beaten and He's the one with the heavyweight title. So this is the one we've been building for. Like I said, there was three phases of the march to greatness for 2016 for Gunnar Miller. Phase one, scenic city, accomplished. Phase two, while we wrestle, triple crown champion, accomplished. Here we are, sacred ground, phase three, PCW heavyweight champion. It's going to happen. We're not going to be denied. Well, gentlemen, look forward to seeing this match and seeing you both Saturday night in Porterdale at the Porterdale Gym for Sacred Ground 7. Thank you thank you both for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Uh, Jeff, beyond the uh, match we just discussed, we should also mention the other things going on at Sacred Ground 7. Uh, There's going to be a four-way match, if I'm not mistaken, for the tag team seasoned uh, finale. The Washington Bullets versus the Hooligans are coming in. Devin and Mason Cutter versus Brian Kane and Kevin Park versus Bill the Butcher and Dementia DeRose. Um, A match I'm looking forward to, Shane Marks versus Slim J. That should be... um, quite the contest and tank and iceberg are tank and iceberg coming in and teaming with the carpenter against the danger city demons and a mystery partner plus the platinum royal yes the the cornerstone has everything prepared i mean i can't imagine the danger city demons feel very confident knowing that tank and iceberg are coming in I mean, I don't know that the carpenter could have done any better to find two bigger, more vicious, violent men to take care of his business. And uh, I, uh, it's going to be ugly. Uh, yeah, I mean, this on paper, I mean, this looks like a complete mismatch and, you know, a chance to be a massacre. Um, just looking at the physical size difference, and, 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 and unless uh, Danger and Valak pull one hell of a mystery partner out of their ass here, this is this could be uh, brutal. 
Well, I will say there's been many a time that I thought Johnny Danger was going to die, and he's still out there alive and kicking, so he's uh, he's hard to kill. I'll give him that. <laughs> Devin Valak as well, because he stepped up to fight alongside Johnny Danger in some of these what appeared to be no-win situations, yet they're both still breathing, but uh, <laughs> tank and iceberg, that's going to be another level. Yeah, to say the least. Say the least. You know, I I saw that the iceberg has mentioned he is going to be winding down here soon. So yeah, everybody is going to want to come out and get a chance, especially to see iceberg and tank together. Because who knows how many more times those men are going to team up and be seen together. And I mean, I know you've seen them plenty of times, as have I. But uh, anybody who hasn't, there's there's tank and iceberg. There's not a whole lot of people to compare them to. I should try somebody more modern so all the young folk know who I'm talking about, but uh, I'm not going to. They're very bruiser and crusher, as in two big monster brawlers that people seem to love watching them destroy other people, much like the Road Warriors. There's a more modern-day equivalent. But, uh, yeah, tank and iceberg. You don't want to miss that ever when you get the opportunity. And as, as uh, Mr. Bailey mentioned, the time is winding down. Uh, Iceberg has said he's going to be winding things down. And Tankhead already announced that August of next year at Sacred Ground will be, or excuse me, at Scenic City will be his, at this point, hit the plan for his final match. So there can't be too many times left to see these guys team up. Absolutely. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention also, and it's unfortunate that it's falling on the same weekend. Deep Southern Rest Championship Wrestling, Big Woods got a huge show in Jasper, unfortunately, at the same time at Sacred Ground, um, bringing in Van Vader, Ricky oh. Steamboat, Billy Gunn, Ricky Reyes, uh, looks like uh, Davey Richards is coming in. Quite the uh, star-studded lineup he's got for this show. This is his big super show. What town show. is this in, did you say? Jasper. Okay. At the, Pick, at the Pickens you, County Middle School. How exciting. Do you know who uh, Bader is wrestling? Uh, I don't know that he's wrestling anybody. I think these, these are appearances for, these, for, those, for him. I, I, don't, I have not seen any mention of the match, but I could be wrong. Hmm, well, that's disappointing. I was hoping Vader was going to beat the hell out of somebody. I always love to watch that. Uh, on their Facebook page, there is, on the Deep uh, Southern Facebook page, there is a video message from Vader. I have not had a chance to view this. Perhaps he does talk a match here because he is in his in his gear and stuff. And maybe he is wrestling. And I hope I hope I uh, was mistaken about that. Maybe he maybe there will be a match. But in any case, yeah, unfortunately, at the same time and. Uh, not quite on the same level, but uh, Peach State is running uh, also at the same time, and that's with Jimmy Rave versus Tommy Too Much in a cage on top over there. So you got three good shows going on at the same time on big weekend for Georgia. 2016 has been an incredible year for wrestling. Uh, looking back at some of the things that have already happened and things that are, are still on the docket, it, it really has been amazing. A lot of things have drastically changed, but uh, there's a lot of good out there. So, I mean, if you like pro wrestling, there's a lot of places you can go see good pro wrestling. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I can think of some other years more recently that have been leaner, let's say. Uh, And this year, I mean, almost every weekend there's a show I really want to go to. It's rare when there isn't a show I really want to go to. And that that hasn't always been the case in recent years. Well, I just think that the level of talent is higher. So, so almost any show you go to, there's going to be at least a few guys that you're really excited about seeing. And, and more often than not, it seems these days, some kind of, of dream match of guys who haven't matched up before or are an incredible matchup that everybody wants to see again. I mean, I know that they've done Slim and Jimmy – for Charles twice now, and then he's got a big third one coming. And, and I mean, I can't imagine anybody who went to the first one didn't come to the second one. 
and anyone who came to those isn't coming to the third. I mean, there's just some matches that are so good that you want to see them as many times as possible. And I think we, we just have so much talent in the state right now. I would be remiss in not mentioning that on September 24th, Anthony Henry will be returning to while we wrestle to take on Gunnar Miller for the triple crown championship there, which mm. is another dream match. And uh, the last time they were in the ring together was in the finals at the scenic city. And I had some pretty amazing exchanges. So very excited about them having a complete match to really do their thing. Is this a, um, going back to sacred ground for a second, is this a first time meeting between Shane Marks and Slim J in a singles? I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I would say yes. I imagine that uh, that's a match that certainly has potential to steal the show. I mean, Slim has had an amazing 2016. Of course, he has an amazing year every year, but he's really had the opportunity to get in the ring with a, a wide variety of people this year and really show, you know, not just how great he is, but how versatile he is and how he can work with anybody, whether they're big, small, fat, tall. I mean, I think uh, I think Slim has done a lot to reclaiming his past glory and reminding people just how good he is. And I'm, I'm really happy for that. Ditto. You know, I was thinking after in, in sitting there watching the match Saturday night with Rave and that, you know, the case could be made for um, Slim J as wrestler of the year at this point for Georgia, even though he's not held any titles and he's not necessarily wrestling on top consistently anywhere that he is. But, I mean, he just goes everywhere and <laughs> does good work and has good matches, like you said, with, with, with all different kinds of opponents in all different kinds of scenarios. Well, I think that's been the the story of the year is, you know, all the different matchups we've had. I mean, I just, just from the guys that Gunnar Miller has wrestled, I mean, it's Corey Hollis, it's Kyle Matthews, it's Tank, it's Michael Judas, it's Logan Creed, it's Shane Marks. I mean, it's Chris Hero, it's Jimmy Rave. It's just been incredible, and there's a lot of guys like that, like Jimmy and Slim, who have been out doing all these different shows and working with a wide variety of people. And, uh, you know, everybody knows that's how you get great. I also just saw that AWE has announced their return with Zack Sabre Jr. in October. Ooh, you know, you must be, like, we're on the same wavelength. I was just going to say that I had heard that October, they were going to have an October date. So it is official now, October the 23rd, huh? Yes, they haven't announced the venue, I don't think. I spoke with Josh recently, and he had mentioned they were looking to get into a new venue. And he had also let me know that they were looking at bringing Zach Sabre Jr. in. So both of those things appear to be settled as they've announced a date. So that's very exciting. Yeah, I know they wanted to run the um, the opera nightclub, and I, I I don't know if that's what's going to be happening here or not. Uh, but that that was has been one of their plans for a while was to try to run there. So yeah, Zach Saber Jr. I mean, wow, hell yeah. And I believe he's going to be facing the governor Martin Stone. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, whatever you want to say about AWE, they've put on some great matches this year. Um, well, again, it's it's another place where you have all these interesting matchups of guys coming in and wrestling. You know, Chip. I mean, Chip's another guy that would be a contender for wrestler of the year with the wide yeah. variety of opponents he's wrestled this year. You know, I mean, like I said, there's just been a lot of great wrestling in the state this year, and it's funny because basically everything is negative that I hear from most people, like oh, wrestling, blah blah blah. And I'm thinking there's a lot of great stuff happening here. I mean. It's not resonating with the fans, apparently, because, you know, 200 seems to be about the peak draw in the state these days. But, uh, boy, the wrestling has just been tremendous this year. Yeah, it is It is kind of frustrating that in that way from a box office standpoint. And no matter how good of a show anybody puts on, 200, I mean, Peach State sometimes gets close to three, but that's kind of been the, the, the ceiling for, for um, any independent promotion. I would think there's nobody in the state that has a mean average of 
200 plus a show this year. I mean, it just, I mean, maybe Peach State does, but it's, it's tough. I mean, it, it just doesn't seem to be happening much out there. And I mean, some of the, the shows that have taken place, you know, some of the AWE shows with the level of talent on there, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking that it doesn't do better. It is. It is. Um, uh, you know, and I know it's been just back to AWE for a second. I mean, I know that one of the, it's been said before, but it's going to say it again. I mean, I think they're, they're up against it trying to run in the city of Atlanta. Um, I don't know that they would do better. You know, I, I, not that I have any brilliant ideas about where they should run, but it's just such a tough <laughs> place to run. Right. I mean, I agree. I mean, it, it's tough, but I mean, that's the goal is to bring wrestling to Atlanta. And I mean, it's, it's a noble goal. I mean, gosh, you know, I, I certainly cheer for them and, and hope for the best, but it, it's been a struggle getting people out to those shows. And, and, you know, it's, Atlanta's not my favorite place to come and drive around in, but uh, it's a damn shame that you know pro wrestling doesn't have a home base in atlanta georgia i mean that's that's sad and and i'm glad that they're trying i know it's been a rough road but uh you know i mean what are they going to do go oh well let's go pick some hillbilly town find a building and try and you know build something there and and hope that mon Kettle give a shit about zach saber jr versus martin stone i mean it's it's going to be difficult anywhere. I mean, I I don't think there's a fan base of any particular kind of wrestling that can consistently draw more than 200 people. I mean, you get some random big draws in different places. And I know Wood has done well in some towns, but uh, he brings in, you know, some names and, and uh that helps in those smaller towns. But, you know, if you're just trying to run a wrestling show and tell stories, you know, and build things to big matches and stuff, that's, that's a difficult task because there's the portion of fans that just want to see big matches. They don't care about the story or what's leading to it. They just know this guy's good and this guy's good and I want to see him fight. There's fans for that. And then there's the people that they want a story. They want an angle. They want heat. They want to be mad about this guy. And there's just, it's a split group and they seem to be picking shows at random to go to and Nobody's consistently drawing well, even though, like I said, I feel like there's been some great, great wrestling in the state this year. I, you know, it makes me think I'd like to get Brian Kanabrowski on here from uh, PWX to talk about what they're doing, because somehow they've gone from uh, AWE level, if you will, in terms of their, the talent level in front of very small crowds to... right. Really nice crowds where they're, you know, they're getting 400 people over there in Charlotte. Um, so right. he's doing something. He's doing something right that he, he hasn't translated or hasn't been done here in Georgia. It's interesting because, you know, back when the NWA Charlotte thing popped up and they brought in, you know, good talent. I mean, they were drawing giant houses for the time yeah. that they were around when, you know, in Georgia, again, 200 was a great house. So, I mean, maybe Charlotte just has still a little more love for pro wrestling than Georgia. I mean, because people have done okay there. And I know PWX started out sluggish, like you said. Yeah. And, uh, but boy, they've stayed the course. And, uh, again, they're, they're putting on some great shows, and, and people are finally coming out to see them. Well, we're, yeah. We're certainly all hopeful that happens here. <laughs> It, in Georgia, you'd have to for an indie to really get that, really catch fire and draw the big crowds. You'd have to go back to Cedartown. The last time when mm. when an indie was, you know, really like putting in six, five, six hundred people on a on a regular basis. I mean, it didn't last, but they certainly had they had a hell of a run there. Uh, in, yeah, in, they did. You know, the, but it was out, it went fast though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just hated to see that the way the way, the way it did end, but the way it did. Go, but I mean, if you were promoting a show, what do you think would draw? I mean, what would you want to put out there to try and draw the biggest crowd? What do you think draws the best in Georgia right now? I mean, 
Well, I think it somewhat depends where you are. Like in West Georgia, it's very you know, that very old school kind of approach with stories with good wrestling, but still stories over wrestling seems to do pretty well. And I think Peach State probably, as you, as you mentioned, they probably are they have the highest average attendance. And I said they probably are a little over two two hundred uh, a show for for average. So that that really works there. Um, I don't know. <laughs> when you can come back to Atlanta, I don't know what would really work. Um, I mean, we just don't. I mean, I the... wonder if the death match stuff would draw in the city. Do you think people would come out to see that? Like if AWE you know, had Masada, you know, would would that be something that people wanted to see? I mean, I don't know what it is that's keeping people from coming out. I mean, we had Masada, and we drew a really good house. Well, really good by comparison to the ones around it anyway, you know, for that hardcore hell. And it was incredibly exciting because it was different from anything else I'd seen all year. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what people want. I don't think anybody knows what people want. I don't think people know what they fucking want at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think in Atlanta, there's just the competition, the entertainment dollar competition is just so intense that it's really tough for any kind of wrestling to do uh, any kind of business. You know, and so Ring of Honor comes in, what, once every six months, and they get, or maybe not even that often, and, and then they draw their 1,000 people or thereabouts. Um, yeah, they have Liger coming this time. So, I mean, yeah. maybe that's something that people will come out to see, you know, that that rare opportunity to see a Japanese superstar that probably hasn't been in Georgia in decades. Or maybe he has. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I could go, but I've got a show. I, I would. Bill had offered the invitation to come down, and I thought, oh, I would like to see Liger, but I have a show that night, so I won't be able to. Yeah, I haven't seen Liger. Are you going to go, do you think? I probably will. I'd, I'd hate to miss another Why We Wrestle, but I think I'll probably go to probably will go to a Ring of Honor. I mean, it's the closest show for me for my house. You know, it's like 15 minutes to go to ring, that Ring of Honor oh. right out there at Gwinnett's. So I probably will, probably will go to see Liger. No, no. And I haven't seen Liger, I don't think, since the Omni, you know, with way Pillman? back. Yeah, with Pillman, right. That was his opponent. Yeah. yeah. Liger and Pillman, which, was, of course, was a hell of a match. It was. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Ring of Honor, I, I, feel, I think they maybe come Three times a year at most, maybe twice. And uh, yeah, twice. They sure. draw their thousand. Yeah, it was early this year. And, when uh, they were in, so I think. I wonder why those same people won't come out to AWE in the city with some of the same, you know, level of talent. I mean, well, I mean, I know Josh Wheeler's wondered the same thing because he's 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 been at Ring of Honor passing out flyers, trying to get to draw some of those folks over and. Sure. I mean, that that would be the obvious people that you think would come to that. Um, I, I, You know, my take on that was that, well, unless they're really into wrestling, okay, they've got their Ring of Honor fix. Do they really want to go out to another show that isn't, you know, at Ring of Honor level? Yes, they've got really good talent, but they've already gone to Ring of Honor. Do they? Apparently the answer is no. They don't really feel the need to go out to another indie show. Right, I guess they like wrestling. They don't love wrestling. They're not going to wrestling every weekend. I mean, there's just not as many of those people like you left that, you know, their hobby is wrestling and they like to go to wrestling shows every weekend. There's there's fewer and few people. And I, I think it's interesting and kind of exciting that you still do that, you know, despite, let's face it, Wrestling is is pretty drastically different in 2016 than the wrestling me and you fell in love with. <laughs> to, say, to say the least. I mean, I barely, you know, I barely recognize it at times, you know, uh, compared to. I I do. I mean, it's been an adjustment for me as well because I wasn't, I didn't want to step away. I mean, I still love wrestling, but I, it's been an adjustment to, you know what exactly is wrestling and, and what is the value of heat and, and all these different things that, you know, were the cornerstones of the wrestling I understood. And, and now it's, it is more about moments than, you know, the build to something great and stuff like that. But, you know, 
we're still trying to do pro wrestling with angles and promos, building the big matches and hoping that there's enough people that still care about that and don't just want the cruiserweight classic. Not that I'm knocking that because I certainly enjoy watching that as well, but you know, I'd like it better if one of them called the other one's mother a whore or something before they wrestled. <laughs> hey, when you first when you first started going, did they have there was no um, entrance music, right? They just came out. Right? Oh no, absolutely not. Yeah, they just. I mean, I went to the Township Auditorium in Columbia, South Carolina. So it's an auditorium. So the ring sits here, the stage is here, and the wrestlers come down. You know, the heels from one side of the stage, the baby faces from the other side of the stage. They walk down the stairs, and you know, a short little walk to the ring, and they're there. I mean, they didn't have, you know, guardrails or anything. There was just like thin no. little ropes you know, hooked to, to metal poles. And I mean, not that didn't even come up to your knees. They were just kind of there as a visual of don't cross this jerk off, you know, like the velvet rope, but no, there was no music. I mean, that didn't come along for, for quite a while, actually. And, and guys had to get that reaction just on how they carried themselves to the ring. I mean, if they weren't known stars already in the area. They had to just somehow, right. you know, they had to, you know, transmit that just by the way they walked to the ring. Um, well, real, I mean, uh, you were skill. so happy by the time a star came out because on those cards there'd be like six matches, <laughs> and you would endure three of the worst preliminary things that you could not give a damn about. And I mean, one of them was always going to be a twenty-minute draw between, and I would just, oh, just please get to the good stuff. And then as I got older, I started, you know, just to heckle those matches, you know, to provide entertainment for myself somehow. Because how many times could you watch Tony Zane versus Rocky Kane? Not many. <laughs> no. <laughs> or, or worse yet, there was that period between 86 and 87 where I saw Denny Brown and Nelson Royal wrestle to a 20-minute draw probably 50 times in a 16-month period. I mean, it was it was on every show, and I didn't care about it the first time. So you can imagine how I felt the fiftieth time. <laughs> Probably about the way I felt about seeing Moose Cholak. Uh, not that I'd put him into the, in the Tony Zane or Teddy Brown category, but I just saw him so much that it just wasn't interesting anymore. <laughs> uh, there's a name I'm sure not, yeah. not many people. Be no, much no, to Moose Cholak. People are headed to Google, like, who the hell is that? Who's Moose Cholak? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can geez. tell you now, you're going to be disappointed once you look it up. So Yes, you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I went to all those Crockett shows, and I mean, there were some matches that were <laughs> that were good that you saw on every show. And then there were some that were bad. I mean, I saw God that, that year, the Kansas Jayhawks against Ivan and Crusher Khrushchev. I must've saw that 50 times, but you know what? At least one member in the match bled every time. So at least it had that going for it. Right. Right. Which, yeah, the whole role of blood and its current, state of things is a whole another discussion for another day but um hey uh yeah that's so one i you, could talk about yes i know you could whack strong on that one <laughs> uh did you uh uh see the uh pay-per-view sunday night uh your thoughts um well i like the main event with AJ and Dean Ambrose and, and of course was very excited to see AJ become WWE champion. I don't remember a whole lot else. I know they had the tag team stuff that I didn't care much about. Um, they had the women's six pack thing. It was okay. Um, I don't remember much else that stood out. They didn't do the Randy Orton match. Um, I don't know. What else am I forgetting? Am I forgetting anything good? <laughs> Uh, well, I not mean, from really. Dolph I mean, the, Ziggler match, right? The, and the, you know, the Miz was on there again, but no, I, I don't think you you are. And yeah, I'm with you, of course. Seeing Styles win the when the title was great, 
uh, great fun for, for Tremendous sure. Tremendous match, but, too, I thought. I mean, yeah. I, I thought it was one of the better Dean Ambrose matches I've seen since he's been there. I mean, it was a really fun, really, really good match. And I was I was trying to stay awake there at the end because I'd been drinking, watching football all day. So I was uh, fading hard. But I did watch it again the next morning and go, yeah, that was a really good match. Agreed. But yeah, not, you know, not I'm on pay-per-view, a... but – there's going to be a I'm lot a of dean. those with two a month. <laughs> well, and that's that's was really my main takeaway is boy, they just don't have the depth to run this many pay per views. I mean, it just it really showed in that one that they just it just isn't there. I mean, and yeah, I know they still have a lot of in- injuries and that's a problem, but I I just don't you know nineteen pay per views a year with the cruiserweight title being added, nine different titles. Um, it's nuts. If yes, I, I just don't get it. Well, I think people are a little spoiled. I think if you go back and you look at the pay-per-views of the past through the observer ratings or whatever, you would find that most of the sums up pay-per-views have like two really good matches and a bunch of drag. So, I mean, anything more than two really good to great matches is, is asking a lot. And, I don't think we're going to get more than two really good to great matches on these pay-per-views going forward for the most part, but that's the way it used to consistently be pretty much. I mean, some things would be good, but I mean, as far as, you know, upper tier stuff, you, you didn't get a lot of that. And, no, I and I'm some, not even... there's some good matches and, and there's some good wrestlers. I mean, I think Roman Reigns has had a great year in ring. I wish they would do something that would be satisfying with him and move on with that instead of this limbo thing where well, we're still trying to pretend he's a baby face, but I mean, he's had great in-ring matches and the same could be said about AJ, obviously. So, I mean, there's some, some good stuff to see, but uh, man, it's hard to build and make you care about a match in three weeks. And that's really every my three weeks. Not the- because the match Every quality these, these 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 days is tremendous, but the creative just isn't there to 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 do that every three weeks. Um, I'm, I was glad at least that they found a way not to do the Orton match this time away, but I this time around. But I hated seeing Bray lose. I don't care if it was through interference or not. I I didn't want not want to see Bray lose at this stage. They needed to find another way out of that. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make much sense. They're not moving forward with Kane for anything, and, and clearly Bray no. is, in their mind, one of the top stars on the brand, and, you know, there's only a handful of those, so you kind of do a little better protecting, and I mean, if they're building for something, why wouldn't he go over in the build to when they do the match? So, there's there's head scratchers sometimes where you just think, what the hell are they doing? But, I mean, that's kind of always been the case. With yeah. New York. I mean, there's always been stuff that made me go, huh, I wonder why the hell they did that. <laughs> <laughs> like putting well, AJ we... under to Chris Jericho, for example. Like, oh, well, yeah. I why they did uh, that. Yeah. Still curious. Yes. Yes. Well, Mr. Bailey, I look forward to seeing you as well on uh, Saturday night at Sacred Ground. Absolutely. Everybody listening, come out to Sacred Ground. It's a place to be. And uh, thanks for uh, filling in for the uh, AWOL Mr. Platinum tonight. And I guess we will be seeing him, though, at Sacred Ground 7, I understand. Well, hopefully he will be able to tell us all about Bridget Jones' baby. Yeah, right. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, next week, three the hard way with uh, Hankins and Wood, and we'll see you at the matches. Hopefully. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.